0: That Friday afternoon, I'm sitting in my living room um, in my house in Nassau County. I get a loud knock on the garage door of my house. I open that door and there's four guys standing there in like flak vests and full duty gear and all that. Yeah. Can I help you? <laughs> right. And they're like, are you Ian Murray? I said, yeah. And they're like, corrections officer Murray? I said, yeah. One of them grabs me, cuffs me, and says, we have a warrant for your arrest. I thought it was a joke at first. They came into my house. One of them went and used the bathroom. Is this the sheriff's department? Yeah. same department that you work for? Same department I work for.
1: Hey, this is Matt Cox, and I am here with Ian Murray. Ian is a former uh, correctional officer, and he's got... It's got a, he's got an interesting story. We spoke on the phone maybe a few weeks ago, and I asked him if he'd come by and tell the story on on camera. It, it involves a, a lawsuit, uh, it, um, corruption in the the sheriff's department, uh, a whole thing. So uh, check this out. All right. So the whole thing, like we had talked on the phone, and um, you were in you were in the army or were um, army, Reserve, army yes. reserves, army reserves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. You, Still were, you were in the Army Reserves and you ended up getting it. you had already had a job, though, with like the Sheriff's Department, right? In another county or something like as
0: a A long time ago. Yes, I'd worked as a corrections officer in uh, Charleston County, South Carolina from 2004 to 2007. Right. And then so so then you what then you ended up getting another correctional officer job. Yeah, I left that job um, to pursue some other. Uh, opportunities uh some different careers i drove semi trucks for a while got my commercial driver's license uh the economy took a uh, tank in 2008 that time frame and um i was living up in charleston i was originally from jacksonville and i have a friend of mine um who told me he said hey i know you're looking for a job i know you have corrections experience they're hiring like crazy down here at the uh, county jail so, um, you know, maybe you should come consider and I came down, took a tour of the facility, um, liked what I saw from a standpoint. I figured, sure, let's give it another chance. It'd be a good way to get another stable job. They had a really good benefits package and all that. Right. Why'd you stop the uh, the first one? I'm just wondering. Sorry. Um, there was just not really a lot of opportunities for advancement. Um, it was one of those things. If you were a corrections officer, you were pretty much going to be a corrections right. officer forever unless you had some kind of stellar ability i mean even to go on to the police side of the house it was very difficult um without having all the right credentials so um i just wanted to pursue something else do something a little different that might have uh, been a little more interesting so yeah like i said i went out on the road drove over the road trucks for almost a year drove local um i actually liked it i like to drive you know and i've always been into cars and trucks so for me it was kind of being a younger guy it was kind of a you know a good gig but um, then, like I said, when the economy tanked in 2000, uh, I think it was around 2008, nine era, I lost my job. Getting another decent driving job was very difficult. And like I said, um, I was offered the opportunity to come work corrections and move back down to Florida. So I decided to take the chance.
1: Okay. So you went down there, you, you toured the facility, mm-hmm. you,
0: was it, did you take a test or anything or? Yeah, yeah um, it was a very long hiring process. You did have to take a test, um, I passed the test. Had to do a lot of interviews, came down because I was out of state. Um, They did consolidate a lot of my interviews. I had to take a psych evaluation, physical examination, polygraph, all that stuff. And then finally, after a while, they called and said, yeah, we'd like to hire you. We can start you. I had to go through their academy. We can start you in the academy on this date. I believe it was around December of 2009 when I finally actually got to begin my first day of uh, academy training. Okay. And so how big is the facility how many how many inmates does it hold oh up? um you guys call them inmates you call them defendants <laughs> no they were inmates um we we called them inmates uh, the, the, this particular department had three facilities the main jail downtown uh was a pretty large facility it was uh, six stories uh each story was like a double tier system and there was two wings there was a um like an east and a west type wing and then there was a center control area and, um, I forget the exact inmate population, but it was a lot. It was, you know, in the four figures, thousands. Um, there was another facility that I, uh, started working at. It was called the, uh, Montgomery corrections facility. It's a uh, kind of like a County prison right. when inmates were sentenced to, um, terms, I believe it was less than a year. They would, uh, be sent out there and most of them were on some kind of a work detail. And, um, I liked working at that facility it was closer to my house Uh, it was the parking was better it was just a overall nicer atmosphere didn't have to deal with downtown traffic how many inmates were in there that one there wasn't quite as many I want to say there was probably 900 maybe in the whole facility there was two large um, uh, wings each wing had four housing areas It was like an open bay type setup you know where there's just rows of bunk beds and they had foot lockers and your basic living area i mean most of the inmates weren't there during the day they only slept there yeah but 90 percent of them would go in the morning they'd get on their details and go out and pick up trash or do whatever the county decided to have them do okay so um yeah i went through the academy um started um you know got through the academy it went pretty well the training went well um having prior corrections experience helped right obviously um it was very in-depth their academy compared to the previous department was um like four or five times longer than charleston county's uh charleston county they sent me to the state corrections academy this one it was their own academy so um i i gotta i gotta say they had a really good training program they really uh they spun you up on not just how to um deal with inmates but the laws um there was a lot of history involved and how things worked and corrections and stuff. They actually had some like college level professors teaching the, um, courses. In fact, I actually got some college credits going at Academy. Okay. So, and then you, so you started, Mm -hmm. how long did you work there? I worked there until this incident happened pretty much. Um, in, I think it was around July of, june or july of 2014 i forget the exact date so about six years mm-hmm and i was actually even after this happened i was still employed there technically until the end of 2015 that's when i actually left the position i decided to no longer be a part of that sheriff's office and um so yeah it was about six years i was um on the books as being employed with them you did and you didn't and they they knew you were a, a... In the reserves? Oh yes. At the time, I was in the National Guard when I was hired, so at that point, I'd been in the military for um, almost eight years. So, what is what is the? So, if you have to go, you're called up, or is that
1: what they call it? Called
0: called up. Um, I'll, we have you can get called up, but we also have a scheduled um calendar of events, like when we have our monthly battle assemblies or drills. We get a calendar; it's pre-scheduled, right? Those so they, they can't do it. Like they know you have to leave in October.
1: Yes. Like I'm leaving in October, and the law says you have to allow me to leave and allow me to come back, and I can't lose my job as a result of that.
0: Correct. Okay. So. Yeah, that's that's like a federal right. law. There's a uh, lots of uh, there's lots of uh, stipulations in the federal law for that. So, okay. um, yeah, they knew I was hired um, during the interview process. They um, were very aware. In fact, they actually. During the interview process, I remember when I was doing my board interview, they even reminded me, oh, yeah, we have a military leave as part of our benefits package for you to be able to take leave and still get paid. Oh, okay. Like they were encouraging me to use the military leave they provided. So, all right. Okay. So,
1: so what, what was, what was it that happened that started like the lawsuit and the whole
0: retaliation and the whole thing? Like it was just. Yeah. I, um, it, it had been, um, the supervisor that started this whole thing, I don't know it was more than one person, but I don't know what their problem with me was. I mean, I came to work, I did my job i never made it a point to get on anyone's bad side but you didn't have like a long running feud with anybody any incidences nothing just no no i mean i but um what happened was in um I think it was in two thousand fourteen. There was a government shutdown it was when we first had started having those um sequestrations with the budget issues in the federal government i'm not okay. sure if you remember that yeah well when this was happening i uh, was supposed to go on a one of my scheduled weekends i had the orders i had everything in hand it was a standard thing i'd already been approved for the time off so we go to show up my supervisor in the military says well because of the government shutdown we're not actually going into the armory, but you still have orders. So make sure you're available in case we get called up. Cause like nobody knew exactly what was happening, what was happening. So I did just that. And this wasn't the first time in my military career where something like this had happened. So again, to me, this was just a standard run of the mill type situation. So I said, cool. Um, I stayed at home, waited for them to call. Nobody called uh, the next day we went into drill. Everything went according to plan. And uh, several months later, we got updated drill calendars because um, they had changed one of the uh, weekend days. And the previous day, they had adjusted that weekend to reflect that we had only come in two days instead of three. So I turned the updated calendar in, updated my future military dates, and my lieutenant, um, the individual who started this whole thing, she calls me into her office and says can you explain this and i explained the situation um and she said well if you didn't actually go in to work that day i need you to change that day from a military day to a vacation day i'm like but i had orders for that day and she said it doesn't matter i need you to change it she then called me back again the next day in front of my sergeant and told me the same thing. So I was a little confused about that. I went back to my military unit and explained to them what was going on. And they're like, they said, yeah, you had orders. That was an authorized military day. But if that is your civilian employer's policy, um, you should follow that because you don't want to get in trouble at work. Right. So then I went to talk to my union representative, explained the situation to him. He said, yeah, if you had orders for that day at that time, you're fine. But again, if your lieutenant is ordering you to do it, you need to go ahead and do it because if you don't, she can write you up for insubordination.
1: He's been known to cure insecurity just with his laugh. His organ donation card lists his charisma. His smile is so contagious. Vaccines have been created for it. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't typically commit crime, but when I do, it's bank fraud. Stay greedy, my friends.
0: Support the channel. Join Matthew Cox's Patreon. So I went in. My next workday did exactly what she said. Withdrew the military leave from several months before. Put it in as a vacation day. Then she denied that leave request that she told me to make. She, did, she denied the vacation day. Yeah. That she told me to put in. I then found out about a week later um, from my military command that I was being investigated by our um, sheriff's office um, integrity division uh, for criminal misconduct of some sort of some sort. So I was like, wow. (laughs) Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but coming from her, I wasn't surprised. She's done this. She'd done this to other people within the sheriff's office before. Uh, so I contacted the union again. I said, hey, um, what's going on? I did what I was told. They're like, yeah, we're not too happy about it either. Um, but if you had orders, the detectives will do their investigation. Everything will be fine if um, you'll be cleared of any wrongdoing. I said, okay, cool. So several months went on. I went to work as normal. Everything was seemed to be fairly normal. Everyone knew this investigation was going on and um one of the detectives called me to come in for questioning i called my union lawyer said hey i'm being called in for questioning what should i do he said yeah just call him back and tell him all your orders are on file and there's no need for you to go into questioning because if he finds the orders you'll be fine so i said okay i called the detective back said hey my orders are on file with the watch commander's office all you need to do is go find him if you can't find him call me and i'll fax them or email them or i can even bring them to your office we worked in the same building so i um hung up the phone and uh what did he say? did he say no fuck that you're coming no, he in just or said, did no, he, say, he just said no he just said okay he just said okay fine um okay. he didn't make a big stink of it he's like okay fine uh, i was uh-huh. like to that nature we hung up and, um, from what the lawyer told me, if they were going to take action, like that should have been the end of the investigation. Like they were either going to come arrest you like that day or they were going to go find the orders and this whole thing should have been closed. C- come arrest you for, for, for what? Like, why well, would that be? Whatever arrest, they were. Wouldn't it just be you're fired? No, it's not necessary. No, like I said, this was not an administrative investigation. They're um, saying it's fraud. Yeah, they were trying to say I committed fraud somehow. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, that the rest of those next couple days, I was kind of looking around, waiting to see if they were going to actually come pick me up for something. They never did. About a month later, I got orders to go on a 90-day training mission. And um, I came in, same thing, put the orders in, gave them to my watch commander. And um, this was on like a Thursday afternoon. I was taking the Friday off. I was already off that weekend, I think. I was taking the Friday off just to have some extra time with my family and friends. I was scheduled to fly out on Monday morning that Friday afternoon. I'm sitting in my living room um, in my house in Nassau county and um I get a loud knock on the garage door of my house, not the front door the garage door like we walk in the garage yeah. so they I, walked into the garage they walked in the garage um I open the front i open that door and there's four guys standing there in like flak vests and you know, wearing the full duty gear and all that. I'm like, can I help you? (laughs) And they're like, are you Ian Murray? I said, yeah. And they're like, corrections officer Murray? I said, yeah. One of them grabs me, um, cuffs me and says, we have a warrant for your arrest. I thought it was a joke at first. Like I thought some of my buddies at work were just playing a going away prank. Right. And um, yeah, it was not a joke. They took me, um, they came into my house Handcuffed me some of them were walking around my house i don't know what they were doing in my house but one of them went and used the bathroom and stuff and they took me down to their um their precinct or wherever it was and started questioning me is this the sheriff's department yeah same department that you work same department i work for um that same detective who called me um he eventually came in the room and um they started asking me all these questions and it wasn't just about this one day um they started asking me questions about all these other days i was on military leave and i asked them well what did my orders say and it was pretty clear at that point they never even went and looked for those orders right so i was like wow well um then they started making these excuses well if you just been more cooperative with us and this and that trying to turn it on me somehow i'm like i'm thinking to myself you know this is your job, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't understand what I really more I needed to do here. So they took me to the jail. Um, I was booked, fingerprinted, photographed, like, right. Th- I went through the standard booking process. Uh, one of my colleagues who was working said, Hey, um, it's all over the news. And, um, so they tipped off the news that mm-hmm, they had yeah. arrested one of their own and were, yeah. And they completely lied to the media. They said that I didn't have orders when I did um when i saw it made page two of the florida times union i'm not sure if you're familiar with that newspaper Mm. but yeah it made the not the front page but the second page of the newspaper it was on the radio drive time it was on the um, channel four news all the local news outlets aired it and um my military command actually that's how they found out this had happened like i hadn't even been able to call them yet right they called me and said hey what's going on and I told them, and because they knew I was under this investigation. And they're like, how did this happen? I'm like, I don't know. So, anyway, um, the following Monday, I found out that weekend I couldn't go on my training because my clearance was being suspended because I'd just been um, falsely arrested for committing felony. They were trying to charge me with um, official misconduct and grand theft, arguing that the amount of leave time that I allegedly had mistaken was over a certain amount of money. Right. So... Um, I couldn't go on my training. The, the amount of t- the, that you had orders for that they're
1: allowed, mm-hmm. that they have to pay you, that they, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. The, the, the the, ima- they're now saying there were no orders when in fact there were
0: orders. There were orders. And in fact, um, the following Monday, I called that same union lawyer who had told me this whole time I had done nothing wrong. Right. All of a sudden now, oh, well, um, I can get you a plea deal where you can, we might be able to save your pension if you're vested. I'm like, but you told me I didn't do anything. He's like. Well, if they got a judge to sign a warrant, you must be guilty. Oh, uh, what a fucking idiot! Yeah. Um. So idiot. it was pretty clear at that point who he was really working yeah. for. You so you get a
1: judge to sign a warrant for uh, for for anything. I,
0: I know. I uh, trust me. And um. So fortunately, my family, my uh, stepfather, knew knows a very good, well-established attorney in Jacksonville. Uh, we went and saw him on Monday, and yeah, of course, he immediately said, "Yeah, this whole thing is unbelievable." Like, yeah, I'm. So I hired him. Um. Within a week of me hiring this real attorney, um, this non, uh, union attorney, I think the detectives did more investigating that week after the arrest than they did the whole four months prior. Right. They went to my military unit, qu- tried to question them, and at no point prior to this arrest did they go to my army unit, go to anybody in my command to talk to them about what I was doing on my military duty days. Right. So I don't even really know what they did during their investigation. Well, you
1: know, I I had been I had had this explained to me by my attorney one time and he had said that the way the state works, he said the state law enforcement, they don't have the budgets to do much investigation. So what they typically do is they arrest you and get you scared and then hope that you'll plead guilty. And if you don't plead guilty, then they do an investigation Mm -hmm. but they do a very cursory investigation. Initially the feds, like when the FBI shows up, you're done. Yeah, they've done all the investigation. They've got everything. You're the last piece of the puzzle. It's like, right. okay, we know we can arrest this guy. We know are we investigated? We know he's guilty. We know we can try him. We know we can convict him. Go arrest him. Where it's the exact opposite with the state. So I, I totally understand what you're saying. That's that yeah. makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, and the sad thing is, I mean, they um from what i was told later on like they have done this to so many people and gotten away with it because they can't afford to hire a lawyer or they get them so scared they'll take a plea deal or something and plea to a lesser charge and i wasn't about to do that because i i knew i hadn't done anything but if wrong you, if you
1: have you've done something wrong then when they arrest you you are scared because you think they know everything. So typically, you say, look, I'll take a plea deal. And they okay, now tell us in your words what happened. But the truth is, they don't have a clue what happened. So you're just telling them what happened.
0: Yeah, they were. And that's the thing. Like, I told them what I'd already told them once before. Right, and that and wasn't going to change. No, it wasn't going to change. Um, they were expecting me to change my story and admit guilt is something. And I didn't do that. Um, but, yeah, they went to my Army unit. Tried to question my full-time staff. My full-time staff, most of them were like, oh, yeah, no, we're not talking to you guys. You never came to speak to us prior to this. And um, we're not going to help you with this at this point. So then they came back with subpoenas, started making threats towards my full-time staff, telling them that they would be taken to jail if they didn't cooperate. Um, Yeah, they got really nasty and aggressive. I um, I think at this point they'd realized they'd made a pretty bad mistake. All right, so now it's... Um, now it's kind of like we gotta we gotta make sure that this looks like
1: mm-hmm. it looks at least the very least it looks like some like he's done something wrong. We need right. to put somebody on the stand. We need somebody to say some start saying some negative things about him that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like they have to start building a case at this
0: point, yeah. whether one exists or not. Exactly because they like I said they had gone to the media and told them he didn't have orders. He did this right. when in fact I hadn't done it, and I think they realized from that point that like we have a problem. We have a problem. Yeah, right. So. Um. Yeah. This went on. They. Uh, the only person I think they actually, to my knowledge, they actually interviewed was my squad leader, uh, my first line leader, and he pretty much confirmed everything. Like, yeah, he had orders for that day. We were in kind of a limbo period, but when you have orders from the military, that is your priority. Right. You are supposed to be made available to the military, and so. Other than that, I don't know who else they interviewed, if anybody. Um. There were other days where I was at Meps because I was changing from the Guard to the Reserves. Again, I turned in those orders to get the time off to go to MEPS. If they had actually done, um, made the trip over to records and gotten those orders that I had already submitted, they would have known that. Um, but yeah, like I said, within 48 hours of my arrest, we were able to furnish all these orders that they had already had at their fingertips. Right. So it's pretty obvious they didn't even do the basic functions of an investigation, at least from what I can tell. Right. So it went on for about almost two months. Um. I was on administrative leave without pay. Um, fortunately, my army unit was very helpful. They were able to coordinate with some other organizations, get me some like administrative order days to help me with money. So right, um, I ended up having to sell my car. Um, my ex-wife and I, we had to sacrifice a lot of things out of our budget, things like that. She had to pick up a lot of extra overtime. She had to cover healthcare costs and stuff. Um, so fortunately, I, I mean... Um, I try to be financially responsible. I did have some money in savings. We were able to like not lose anything of a necessity. You know, we were able to keep up with the house and the bills and everything. Um, some members of my family helped me out a little bit here and there when they could. How long did this go on? Well, the post arrest investigation went on for a couple months. Finally, the state attorney said, I can't charge this guy. Um, and he ended up dropping it. From what I understand he didn't even do the charging paperwork for it like that's how weak it was to begin with right so yeah I was cleared of the um, in fact um another interesting thing is when my clearance as I mentioned earlier got flagged from the military I have a TS top-secret clearance they came in and did an investigation um, on their own the people that handle the clearances right looked at the whole thing and while this was still pending reinstated my clearance like that's how little faith anyone had in this whole thing right so like I got my top-secret clearance back um, about a month before the ch- charges were actually formally dropped so um, the state attorney dropped it it w- that alone was a huge relief um, you know uh, it was enough to make me realize I wasn't hey I wasn't gonna get falsely convicted of some crime I didn't commit
1: well I mean you know here's the, the thing is is like you know until you go through like that process like even if you're 100 percent innocent and you go to trial there's still a chance you're found guilty yeah like people think oh well if you're innocent go to go to um you know they should go to you should go to trial yeah i get that but the truth is innocent people are found guilty all the time oh yeah and all you need is a couple of guys to get on the get on the stand or for them to suddenly conveniently lose some paperwork that you're saying was filed well we couldn't find it and then next thing you know you don't have a backup it comes you know it comes out of nowhere. You're not prepared for it. You know who who knows what happens, or you you just get a couple of jury members that just dislike you, and they sway the jury. Like it right. can go bad. Even if you're even if you're not guilty, it can go bad. I uh, I agree
0: with you a hundred percent. So that's pretty. That in and of itself is stressful. It was. It was very stressful. I mean, it was. Um, I mean, it was like being in the Twilight Zone. I mean, you know you. You, you you know I'm already doing a job that no, almost nobody really wants to do right I'm making this you know I, at this point I'd been in the military for 11 or 12 years I think um and I mean i it's just something you never expect going to work for a law enforcement agency that they're gonna do this to you for simply trying to meet your obligations of serving your country right even on a part-time basis yeah it was just a completely um I mean the words can't describe it. I mean I didn't I mean it's a I scumbag st- <laughs> move. Yeah, yeah. Um and um I mean I know there had been situations where people had done abused military leave before, but I wasn't one of those people. Right. You know, I, I mean that's the thing. I had faith that they were these detectives or investigators or I, I had faith that they were gonna do their jobs, that they were gonna do what they were paid to do, do the investigation. I mean this whole thing should have been cleared up in a couple hours. Right. And they had four months and didn't even do the basic essential functions of clearing me of doing anything wrong. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it's unbelievable. And, you know, these are people that work in the same organization as you, that you, you know, it's like, we don't work in the same building or in the same division or anything, but, you know, like, you know, these are people I would consider my colleagues to some level, right. That would do this to me, you know, I mean, it just really is unbelievable. So when they dropped, when the state attorney said, Hey, I'm not filing this. Like, did they reinstate
1: you and say, okay, well, then we're going to go at you. No. Put you back on the, you know, okay, start work on Monday.
0: No, they did not. They referred the case over to internal affairs. Um, Internal affairs has, um, they handle the administrative portion of things. Right. So they went from trying to charge me criminally to trying to say I broke some kind of rule. And um, when that happened, when we got the notice that that was happening um my lawyer did two things from what i understand um first he sent them a letter saying mr murray is still represented if you have any desire to contact him please go through our law office and to arrange any meetings or discussions you'd like to have with him something of that nature right he also took the entire case um like uh, i don't know what you call it the case file yeah, or yeah. and sent it over i think it was to the city manager i think and explain the situation to them. The city manager sent back a letter within about a month stating that I had violated no rules and broken no policies or anything. So, you know, we got that out of the way right away. Right. So they continued to do their um, investigation on the administrative side. I found out the individual who was doing the investigation was also in the military guard or reserves. And at first I was actually like. Oh, good. He'll understand. Yeah, he'll, he'll understand. He will he might get this. I might I might actually have someone on my side. Uh, Boy, was I wrong with that. Um, First, I get a call from my military command saying, hey, um, are you under another investigation? I said, yeah, they're investigating me for administrative things now. He's like, yeah, because uh, the detectives who's doing this, um, he is also apparently an investigator in the uh, reserve component or the guard component and is going around representing himself as such like instead of knocking on one of my commander's doors saying hello i'm detective so-and-so with the jacksonville sheriff's office he's flashing his military credentials, saying i'm investigator so-and-so with this military agency i need to talk to you about one of your soldiers so i found that out um i was like whoa because that's a big no-no i'm in an intel unit you don't do that kind of stuff right so then um after i not too long after i find that out He calls me directly on my cell phone demanding that I come in for questioning. And I'm like, did you not get the letter my attorney sent you? And he starts yelling at me, telling me, I'm not asking, you know, I'm, you know, you're going to cooperate with me. I'm like, okay, um, can I get your name and your contact number? I hung up. I called my lawyer and say, hey, this guy called me. Um, He's demanding I come in for an interview. Um, I think that's y'all's department. He's like, yeah, I'll call him back. So... At that point, my lawyer told me not to acknowledge any more phone calls from him or the sheriff's department.
1: Law enforcement often questions him, not because he's suspected of a crime, but because they find him fascinating. He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't typically commit crime, but when I do, it's bank fraud.
0: Stay greedy, my friends. Support the channel. Join Matthew Cox's Patreon. So, um, my lawyer calls me back and says, yeah, let's go ahead and go in for this interview. I mean, cause our ducks are in a row, you know, let's, this way we can say we were cooperative and we did everything we could to try to resolve this. So we went in for questioning. I sat down with this guy, um, and my lawyer and one of the other internal affairs supervisors was present. He starts questioning me and, um, questions he just asked me were completely off the wall none of them had anything to do with me I mean he was even asking me to explain why my command staff of my military unit would do something different from his command staff of his military unit I mean it was very vague indirect questioning none of it had anything to do with anything really to my case um, at the uh, end of the interview my, my lawyer had to interject a couple times because he was trying to get into stuff that wasn't even like relevant to the case um so the interview concluded and um around that time the or training i was originally supposed to go to when i was falsely arrested i got orders to actually go to this was about a year later so i was I mean, ex- you haven't worked for over for a year now roughly not really no i had a had uh like i said my military unit was giving me some um administrative orders they were having me come in just to help them around the office and yeah that's not going to be the same as no it was definitely not as much money as i was making with my job for sure but i mean it was better than nothing right um you know it was enough for us to like i said earlier we were at least able to keep the lights on my wife at the time had a job we were able to sustain at least right and you know in spite of having to you know get rid of some of my assets we were able to at least live a, a halfway decent lifestyle um without having you know we were stable to eat we were yeah. eating you know ramen noodles and peanut butter um every day but anyway um like I said um I got orders to go on this training and I was like yes finally so um I get the orders I go through all the you know do all the packing the paperwork I fly out to Arizona to do the orders. I'm on orders and the same detective again tries to call me and per my lawyer I just ignored him. I called my lawyer, said, "Hey, this detective left me a um couple of voicemails." He's like, "Yeah, I've already talked to him." Um he says the investigation's been completed and they want us to come in to reveal the um to reveal the um results mm. and I'm like, "Okay, so, well, I'm on orders out in Arizona. I'm supposed to be here for another several months." So um, he's like, yeah, I'll I'll let him know that. So anyway, apparently when he calls this detective back to tell him, yeah, he's on orders, the detective had what was told to me is basically being as a conniption fit. He is ranting and raving. How's he on military orders? You know, just like, that's not supposed to happen. I, I guess he was under the feeling that because this was still going on, the military still had me in like a suspended status as well. Right. Well, the next day I'm sitting in class and one of my class leaders pulls me out. And pulls me into a, a conference room and says, hey, um, tell me about your arrest. I'm like, excuse me? Because I hadn't mentioned this to anybody at the schoolhouse that I was at. Right. I'm like, he's like, yeah, I got a phone call from somebody claiming that you've been arrested for a felony. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's all been handled. So apparently um, this detective, I guess when he got the orders, his intent was to derail my military training somehow by calling this school and just there was no point to that it had nothing to do with his investigation but he did it anyway right well unfortunately while i was out there i was unable to finish the training we had a death in the family my grandfather passed away i was sent home on um red cross orders uh after the funeral i came back to jacksonville area and my lawyer and i set up a schedule we went in to um you know hear what they had to say about this whole case we go in and this original detective didn't even show himself. Like he didn't even come in to talk to us. I don't know what happened to him. But two two of his colleagues came in and they even after everything we had told them like yeah, we've gone to the city manager, this and that. Even after all that, they still tried to sustain administrative allegations against me and were recommending I be fired. I'm like, okay, so what happens now? So, they laid out the options and one of the options was We could have had a civil service hearing, which would have taken it beyond the sheriff's office. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Let's do that. I'm sick and tired of this. This has been going on for too long. I want to get this, you know, put to bed once and for all. So we opted to have the civil service hearing. We informed him of that. Um, We leave. And the sheriff's office constantly delayed the civil service hearing like several months Finally, my lawyer got it to a point where, like, we're gonna have this civil service hearing. We are going before them, and we are gonna—they're gonna hear us hear what we have to say—and they're gonna make a decision as to whether or not you actually did anything wrong. Right. I Like the delay practice is just to try and wear you down, wear you down, wear you down. Yeah. You down. yeah and And um, so, about a—I think it was about a week before the civil service hearing, um, my lawyer calls and says, "Hey, um, the undersheriff." wants to meet with us to, as he put it, potentially resolve this issue. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think I've had enough. I'd rather just do the civil service hearing. So he calls me back and says, let's go meet with him. And again, we can at least say we did everything we could to try and resolve this in a peaceful manner before it went to litigation. I was like, okay. So I go down to the sheriff's office. I go into his office with my lawyers. Um, His lawyers, one of the city lawyers is sitting there taking notes in the corner and um, it was pretty clear from the beginning of the meeting that the under sheriff had no interest in resolving this. He basically was trying to force me to take a, they were trying to get me to take a deal instead of firing me. They wanted me to take a, a deal where I would agree to a suspension in exchange for agreeing that to say that I misused my leave. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that because I didn't misuse my leave. So um, the sheriff just started making all these off, the sheriff just started making off all these off-the-wall, you know, accusations. Oh, you could have still gone to work that day. I'm like, no, you can't. When you have orders, you are obligated to those orders. Right. And it got to the point where I just wouldn't agree with him. He ended up... Like, th- all of this is over... One fucking day. It boiled down to one day. In fact, even when the criminal case was that, going, that you were set up,
1: mm-hmm. you were set up. I was to set be, up. You were set up to hey, do this, do this. Put in for the mm-hmm. put in
0: for a vacation day. We deny the vacation day, and now he's now he's yeah in, like that. It, it, I I didn't even realize all these other days were in play until the arrest had happened, and we found out during this time also when my lawyer got a hold of the original case. This lieutenant who had done this to me had been setting this up for a while. She had included. Photos off my Facebook page of when I was on vacation with my friends and family when I wasn't even on military leave just to try and fluff up the complaint to make it seem more appealing.
1: I wonder, you know, so so in the like the correctional officers at like Coleman, right, mm-hmm. um, which is where, where I was um, like, they'll get bonuses if they catch inmates with, you catch an inmate with a cell phone, you'll get like a $400 bonus. Mm-hmm. Catch an inmate with, you know, this much, you know, whatever uh, drugs, you'll get this much. Like, you know, if certain contraband gets them, give have an incentive. Like, I wonder if she had an incentive to, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, I, don't, like
0: to, I honestly don't think so because she was already in the drop for retirement. Like, she was scheduled to retire within the next couple of years. Well that is still if it's an extra I mean, eight hundred bucks. Yeah, I don't I don't think we had any kind of financial and plus even if there was, I don't think she would have gotten that bonus. It would have been the detectives who had secured a conviction on me or something like that. Okay. Well. I mean I So I'm, she's just an asshole. Pretty much. Okay. Um and like I said, um, she has done this to other people I work with, not to this extreme level, but I don't know what her issue was, but she had a huge problem with a lot of people that work there. Yeah. I don't I don't know why. I always came to work I tried to be you know every job I've had I've always tried to be professional courteous I come to work I do my job I'm not there to make statements or anything I'm there to do my job make my money go home and live my life that's right. that's what I was there for it was to me it was a way of surviving making money to live yeah and hopefully have an early retirement right that's all I was there for nothing else but um so he makes the offer yeah he and I tell him no. Um he ends up throwing me out of his office. He just basically looks at me and I'm just like shaking my head through this whole thing. He says, Get out of my office, Officer Murray. I'm like, I'm like gladly. So I, I get up, I walk out. Um my lawyer um you know, my lawyers are like, Yeah, that didn't go the way we were hoping either. Um so uh you know, time kept creeping closer to the civil service hearing. Within a couple days, they offered to Give me my back pay, which was around $10,000 saying, we're prepared to offer this if he'll resolve the civil service. And I said, okay, so they're going to drop the uh, disciplinary allegations and let me have my money. They're like, no, no, you still have to plead guilty. I'm like, no. So then like literally about two days before, um, I start getting phone calls, um, on my phone from the JSO switchboard and per my lawyer, I didn't answer him, didn't acknowledge him and they said yeah we're not getting calls from anybody from JSO i don't know why they're calling you apparently they were trying to get me to come back to work like within the last day or two before the civil service hearing and then um but they didn't leave messages voicemails or uh, emails they did leave a couple but yeah one of them was saying yeah we're trying to coordinate this so i called my lawyer and he's like uh yeah they shouldn't be doing that cuz they even said prior to this happening like i wouldn't be eligible to return to work until after the hearing the hearing so i even got a certified mail letter the day after they were expecting me to return to work like the day i got it was the day after they wanted me to come back into work and then my lawyers trying to use the excuse uh or excuse me their lawyer was using the excuse to my lawyer saying well if he doesn't show up for work he's he's abandoning his job and he's not eligible to have the hearing i'm like they're like uh no he can still have the hearing and we're still gonna have the hearing And then um, people started showing up at my house. Um, I was not around one day. My wife was in the house and a gentleman pulled up in our driveway driving a white unmarked police car, as my neighbor described it, wearing a polo shirt with our sheriff's office logo on the um, breast pocket. Came to our door and started kicking and banging on our door. My wife was scared enough to where she actually armed herself. Like she didn't know who this person was. Um, she thought they were trying to break in the house. Um, my, lo- my neighbor was standing on the other side of the fence. Apparently, he looked over at my neighbor, and when he saw my neighbor, he left. Um, but, you know, we were still determined to have this hearing. Like, it was going to happen. And then, literally the night before the hearing, I think it was, my lawyer says, okay, they're willing to give you the money and drop everything if you're just willing to walk away and resign, which is probably what I was going to end up doing anyway. So, we got the end result we wanted. All right. So, if you went to a hearing, all the hearing would have done was just embarrass them and come up with, you would have gotten the same result. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah. And um, all this was at the direction, like one of the letters I got, it said per under sheriff and had this guy's name. So, he was directing all this harassment, all these phone calls, knowing that I had lawyers just um, to try and scare me into, um, I guess not showing up or something like that. I don't know what his exact intent was, but that's what I perceived it as. So have you filed a lawsuit against them? Yeah, we um, we did end up, it took a while, but we did end up filing a lawsuit. Um, They just settled it out of court uh, when it came to time. Um, They drug it out for a very long time. Uh, Since then, a lot's happened since then. Uh, I finally did finish the training. The following year I was able to finish my intel training. I was deployed to Afghanistan in 2017 unfortunately i had to go through a divorce um after all that was done we filed the lawsuit that was around 2018 and we just finally got it resolved in the last three years later yeah and well two years yeah no, it was three years years later later. three yeah actually no it's more like four years yeah yeah and uh yeah from what i understand my lawyers just like they just drug it out they just refused to it finally got to the point where we were able to depose people and at that point, I guess they agreed to just settle it out of court. Yeah, once they start to see how bad they're going to look in front of a
1: jury. Um, okay. Yeah, but you can't say how much the lawsuit no. was settled. Yeah, there's a gag order on the on the actual amount. Yep. Yeah, I know. I've signed one of
0: those. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so what are you doing now? Well, now I'm uh, I'm working as a um, I'm working as a uh, contractor for the government. Doing various uh intel oh, works. Yeah, that's right,
1: that's right, that's right. We talked about that. Too. Yeah,
0: pertinent to my um my skills in the army. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um yeah, it's um uh, I mean I am doing something productive, but um yeah, fortunately, like I said, the biggest ally I think I had in this whole thing was the army. The army stood shoulder to shoulder with me. They you know, it I mean, the people in my unit were you know, they're very old school, like no man right. left behind. They they were not gonna let me get trampled over this whole thing. So has has the um like has the like you still live in in that county right? Uh, Jacksonville and Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Oh, you moved? No, I've. Oh no, I live in Nassau County, um, Florida. Okay, and um, I worked in Jacksonville, which is Duval County.
1: Okay, so what I'm saying is it's, it no they have nobody's contacted you, driven by your house,
0: no not more that I'm aware intimidation, of. nothing like that. I don't think so. No, not that I'm aware of. Um, okay, my neighbors are after that whole thing too um, i still have the same neighbors and they are constantly looking out i've been keeping them up to date and yeah my neighbors are have been watching my house especially when the lost seat part started getting uh, a little more hot because uh, we were worried that they were going to try to do it again right but um yeah and i mean i mean it's just real sad i don't, I don't get this because the, and this was not the first time they had messed with me for being in the military prior to this whole thing starting either i just really don't understand how a sheriff's department can Go through so much trouble to make life miserable for a service member who works for them right
1: well you know it's 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 funny like it, it you know in the in the the bureau of prisons you know they for some reason a lot of those jobs they they attract just like mentally disturbed people like i mean you're in a position where you're in charge of other people you know So, and you're in a position where very seldomly you're questioned, you know? So I would get a lot, we we would get a lot of these guys. Some of the CEOs, they just want to come. I'm here to get, I'm here to get a paycheck. Like, don't do anything in front of me. Don't get in any fights. You know, they go through the motions. They just want to pick up their paycheck and leave. And just, you know, you guys follow the rules. Don't, or if you're going to break them, but don't do it in front of me. Like, don't do, don't be stupid. Yeah. Don't harm each other. Let me go. Um, And then you have the CEOs that make it their, their, you know, they they make it their mission to make all the inmates miserable. And the problem is what I've after talking to other COs, those same COs tend to make the other COs miserable. It's like it's their their goal to try and make everybody as unhappy as possible. I, I can definitely relate to that. So yeah. everybody thinks, Oh, well it's just you know, it's just us. No, no. The other COs hate this guy too. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think that maybe that I don't know what's with that, uh, that woman. I don't know what her her deal was. But you I would, don't either. you would think that somewhere down the line, someone would have said, "Hey, wait a second. Well, it sounds like a few people did, like the state attorneys, like I'm not doing this. Yeah, you know, multiple people did, but a few people in the direct line, like the detective, should have. Or the, uh, the internal affairs guy should have kind of looked at it and said, listen, honestly, what are we doing here?
0: Well, now that you mentioned that, when I did this whole thing started and I called the union to tell them what's going on, right. they even said, did this lieutenant start this? And I said, yep. And they're like, oh, God, not again. Like So, I mean, right. they, they were already very familiar. And another thing is, too, it's my understanding, this facility I was working at, um, I started working at Mon- at the— County Prison, the Montgomery Correction Center. Right. I was working downtown at the jail for a while because there was another incident where another supervisor um, who was working with her when this whole thing started, coincidentally, um, was trying to mess with my military leave. And then um, I came back to work at the farm. She had been transferred out there against her will. So she had been moved from the main jail out to the, to the work farm for whatever reason she's uh, retired now though right um, to my understanding yes um, when this whole thing started she was already in the um, we call it the drop in the plan to be retired so I like I said yeah I don't know what her problem with me was um, there were a couple times I had to go over her head on certain things using like utilizing chain of command to get resolution to some other issues I don't know maybe she had she had it in for me for that But, I mean, yeah, I don't know what her problem was. But, like I said, it was not just me. Uh, She had done this to other people and had, um, you know, not to this extreme level, but, like, just set other other officers up to be investigated and put in a position where they could be found guilty of something that they didn't do, you know, for just doing their job. I mean, and it it is sad because... um, I've discussed this with other people. There are a lot of very unhappy people in that line of work. And, you know, I, I don't know why they do it. If it makes you that unhappy. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, first of all, in, in the best of circumstances,
1: it's just kind of a shitty job. Mm-hmm. You know, like who do you the inmates are, you know, you're around a bunch of violent inmates. You're around guys that are in the worst part of their life. You're, you're around a bunch of people. You're trying to you're trying to kind of corral individuals that don't follow the rules you know it's like you know trying to herd cats you know what i'm saying like they're just they, they just don't listen they don't and mm-hmm. you know when i was locked up like the the prison would try and give us privileges and the inmates would immediately ruin those privileges like yep. they would immediately push the envelope and then they mm-hmm. get taken away and then all the other inmates would hate the staff for taking this away and it was like yeah but you understand it was pretty simple like all you had to do is this and this and you got this. But these guys fucked it up. Like everything that gets taken away tends to be the part uh, or the problem with the uh, uh problem with the inmates. Right. So you get to a point where it's like the staff, even if they're even if they're trying to do something for you, the inmates ruin it and the inmates hate the staff and then the staff ends up hating the inmates and then it's just it's just such a miserable fucking environment.
0: Yeah, it can be. It, I I can relate to that very yeah. much, so um
1: yeah, I uh I was going to say uh um it's 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 yeah, it's it's a horrible situation in general and I'm sure it's, and it's even worse in in the county jail cuz county jails are horrible.
0: Yeah, I I've never worked at the prison level other than this county prison which is still a detachment of the county facility, but um yeah, I've heard worse things about the state okay. because the inmates there are there a lot longer. Some of them are doing 20 years to life yeah. and they have nothing to lose. They don't care. Well, um you know, it's funny because in the state
1: prison system, you have a lot of interaction with the guards. Mm-hmm. They're 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 there all the time, right? Right. In the federal um prison system, it's set up in a way that I could go months without ever talking to a CO. <laughs> like or, or even you might see a few of them throughout the day, but not even really. You're just in a herd of guys going into the chow hall and maybe there's one or two COs in there. They're not paying attention to you. It's more like a self-led type program. Absolutely. You, you then you come back. If you just kind of follow the rules, you go in the unit, they close the doors, they lock the doors. 30 minutes later, they call, you know, rec move or whatever. The doors open for 10 minutes. You go to the rec yard, you hang out at the rec yard for three hours. Then, then when they call, you know, recall, the door's open. You go back to the unit, like the door's close. You go to your, you go to your cell. You wait to be counted. The guard walks around, and that's it. Twenty minutes later, they call Chow. You go to Chow. You go, like all of this is happening, and there's there's a CO maybe over there. Maybe he's in the office. Maybe oh yeah, there he is. You know, but he's forty five feet away. He's there's one hundred and eighty guys, and he's he's playing on his phone or on the computer or not even paying attention to you. So, but the state, it's like the COs are there all the time they're always around they're always because the state inmates are you know they're much more violent much more um that they have to have more interaction with them because they have to constantly keep them they're constant fights they're constant like you get a, a worse inmate in state prisons so yeah it's it's uh but in the county county's horrible
0: well, another aspect of county we have to deal with is too. There are a lot of people in the county jail that are not guilty. They're they've been arrested, right. and most of them are pre-trial.
1: or they're arrested for something minor. So you've got a guy with a DUI mm-hmm. who was arrested, who's in the same unit as a guy who's on trial for killing three people. And yeah, it's like, and you, this guy's this guy becomes a victim. Yeah, like, he's I'm, not prepared
0: for that. Well, that's the thing. You know, it like once they've been there a while, they do both the both the departments I've worked for. They do try to separate, seg- yes, yeah, separate yeah, yeah. inmates by the severity of their crimes and whatnot. Um, but yeah, when they first come in, um, there's like this general, like you, I guess you would maybe call it a triage area where they all—it's like a general holding area yeah, where they all go in there. They're in this, and it's usually an open, like a bullpen type yeah. situation. They're like, and like you said, you got a guy in there for DUI or maybe CDV or possession of a small amount of cannabis or something, and he's in there with a guy who just. Um, you know, it was like a Ted Bundy 2.0 or something like that. You don't know, yeah. um, you know, you don't know who's in there, and none of these people have been really vetted as far as their mental health, their um, their physical uh, I, health, or anything like that. So it's there's a lot to a lot of varying factors there.
1: I was just gonna say, I have a buddy who's uh, who was uh, locked up uh, for fraud, and so he's there for a fraud for depositing a a government stimulus mm-hmm. check into his bank account, and it was a fake check. Oh dear! And they grab him, and it, he ends up getting. Goes into jail. Well, he's in there with a the guy that's on trial right now for murdering his girlfriend. And the guy tried had already gone to prison for like five or six years for murdering his girlfriend 10 years ago. So he went to jail for five or six years, mm-hmm. got out, started dating another girl, murdered her. And my buddy's in there with him. He's there for fraud. Yeah. Like he's totally nonviolent. He's like, this guy's killing people. You know, or trying to kill people and did kill this one woman. He's like, and he's on my work detail. Like we pass out sandwiches.
0: You know? Yeah. I mean <laughs> he's it, like he's like, I'm not prepared to be around this guy. He's a maniac. Well, well the whole thing is too, it's like, you know, with the whole equal rights thing, you're supposed to treat each person the same. But at the same time it's you just can't always do that because like you said, yeah.
1: This guy's already been to prison uh-huh. for trying to kill this. He killed. He stabbed his 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 last girlfriend. He stabbed her like thirty times and and tried to kill her. Like this is clearly you're guilty. And then you mm-hmm. just stabbed another girlfriend. Like you can't say well it needs to be equal. What are you talking about? He's already been to prison. Like yeah. I I love I I get the whole in the justice system. It does bother me that someone will go to jail and they'll do five years and they get out. And to me, it's like, okay, you kind of – I get the whole you paid your debt to society and that people should give you a second chance. But I also understand that, you know, like the truth is you – they just – if a lot of guys go into prison and they get out way worse,
0: Mm -hmm. way worse than when they went in. It's like a gladiator camp type thing, you know, and where they – yeah, it just just gets them more beefed up and they get into a gang or something. Like I
1: want to give you a chance, Mm -hmm. but – you were a bad apple before you went into prison, and now you went into a state prison with really bad apples. Mm-hmm. You didn't get out more well-rounded.
0: Like, like you're probably a menace now. Yeah, it, it's so funny because when I worked for Charleston County back in uh, the – oh, gosh, that was like 18 years ago when I started working for them. I still have some friends that work there, and they tell me, like, yeah, they, those, these kids that came through as juveniles are still coming oh, yeah. in and out of yeah, the jail. Yeah. They're going to prison for a couple years at a time for doing the same stuff. Prisons only making them harder and harder and like they, they're just learning more ways on how to uh, beat the system oh, and not yeah. be in prison as long.
1: And listen, the fraud, um, fraud like I used to say, I, I feel like I went in to prison with a, like a GED mm-hmm. uh, in fraud and I got out with like a master's degree. Because <laughs> now you're actually connecting with other people and learning way more. Like the the issue I may have had like in my fraud, this guy has a way around that. He had an issue which was easy for me to overcome. So you end up comparing notes and going, wow, I never thought about that. Like, yeah, you're right. That would be a w- I, guy. I can't believe. And next thing you know, like you get out and you've got way more information and you're way more dangerous. Like if I wanted to commit mm-hmm. fraud now, like I'm way more lethal than I ever was before.
0: You can only imagine these guys that are selling drugs or doing God knows what. Yeah. It just blows my mind though. Like, you know, when I go, you know, and you know, that's another thing. Like I, when I went to work in corrections, both departments, I knew that, like, you're going to be dealing with criminals. Yeah, yeah. You're, not all of them are guilty, but, you know, you're going to be dealing with a large amount of criminals. You're going to be dealing with people who may not be considered the, I guess you might want to say the top echelon of society, if that's a fair statement. I mean, you're, you you're, you're
1: going to be dealing with basically scumbags. Most of them are um, just scumbags. I mean, yeah, like I, 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 there I, that'd were... be like
0: me sitting here saying,
1: you know, I'm really a nice guy. No, I was a scumbag. I was doing scumbag things. Like, I'm yeah. I'm, like... You know, like, I mean, there are great aspects of people. You know, I've I've met some of the best people I've ever I've ever met. I met in prison. But it's like, you know, like, like, I love this guy, but I wouldn't let him invest my pension. (laughs) You know, like this guy's a he's running a Ponzi scheme. He's a
0: nice guy for this. But yeah. And that's and that's the thing. Like, while I was working in corrections, I did meet some inmates who like I could honestly say if we he wasn't in jail and I didn't work there, if we'd met. At a bar, we could sit yeah. down, have a beer, have a nice conversation, and talk about motorcycles, cars, trucks, some other hobby. But yeah, I wouldn't trust them to, like you said, I wouldn't trust them with my value business or anything like that. Right. But, um, you know, the sad thing is, though, is it's like you go working in a jail or a prison, you expect to deal with certain behavior from the inmates. inmates. I never thought in my wildest dreams I would ever have to deal with something like this from the very sheriff's department I worked for and the very immediate chain of command who was supposed to be watching my back. Yeah, but see, I I
1: agree. I understand. But at Coleman, the guards, the COs were fight, were getting to fist fight. With each other in the yeah. parking lot. Like they'd get into an argument and they would suddenly be like, you know, hey, bro, I get off at five. I'll meet you in the fucking parking lot. Yeah. And they'd go out and they'd actually get into a fist fight in the parking lot. Yeah, or I've heard of that. They'd actually have arguments. Like you have You have somebody who runs the compound, right? He's a compound mm-hmm. officer. Everything that deals with the compound, the moves, everything he's in charge of. And you would have the guard, the COs would argue over the PA system, like one CO would say, compound closed, compound closed. And then another one would come out and say, compound's open. Five, uh, you know, five, uh, at four o'clock, a compound will be closed, compound's open. And then the other guy would come back and he'd say, no, compound's closed. Compound is closed. This is Sergeant. So compound's, and then they start. And then they would say, mm-hmm. and you know, they start arguing, like, you know, rec yeah. is open. Rec is, o- come to the rec <laughs> move. And it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, you got inmates like. Yeah. It's, it, um, it's like,
0: what do you, I mean, <laughs> c- can you guys make a phone call and say, hey, bro, what are you doing? Yeah, that's that's the thing. And, like, anytime I ever, you know, like, I'm, my big thing is, you know, that, that that is one nice thing about being in the reserves is, you know, I've been a NCO or not commissioned officer in the Army since, um, golly, when did I get it? About 2011. It was while I was working for JSO. um. One thing is I've always learned is with that is it's your first duty is to be professional. Yeah. So I've always taken that to every job I've had, no matter what it is. Um, you know, I try to be professional. I try to treat people how I'd expect to be treated at work. We're all adults here. You know, we're here to get the job done. Let's find a way to make it work. Right. And, you know, go home at the end of the day, No, you know, without hating each other. Unfortunately, there's just a lot of people, not only in that line of work, but in general, that just don't have that mentality it's like they have to be right they have to be um in control you know you get a lot of you know being in the military too um that was something i learned in basic training you know you you got people coming from all over the different parts of the country from all walks of life you're dealing with very different uh personalities and um you know you you just have to learn to get along with people and that's part of basic training you and that is one of the things um where i guess A lot of uh, law enforcement agencies do like to hire vets because they've been through that. They they know how. But then the problem is you get the people who have never been in the military, don't know how it works. Right. And then they create problems um, like I went through. So it's
1: and what's funny too is look at the amount of resources that that was expended. The amount of time, resources, Mm -hmm. you know, all all, everything that happened as a result of one woman setting you up to end up looking like you were taking a day off on your. vacation day yeah you took a vacation day where that had been denied i but, did
0: what I, I did what i was told to do um i'd been doing what i was told to do i right. did the right thing to do from the whole situation and i did everything i was supposed to do uh, the Army's confirmed you know that's the beautiful thing and every person i talked to said you did the right thing well and, and, and the then board. it cost them a lawsuit
1: you know they yeah, you oh, end up having cost- a law. like i guarantee that lawsuit yeah. was more than the one day Oh yeah. More than the $245 that it cost them for that one day of you being missing.
0: Well, not like, to mention the um the legal fees they had to spend for 4 right, years. Right. Um the um from what I understand they've had to make massive policy revisions over this whole thing. So, um I was actually told that by someone too. Um uh one of the union representatives right. um again, the um, one jerk. Yeah, one of the union reps who actually, this is another person who originally told me I did nothing wrong. And then when the um, IA thing was going on, he's the one that called me to try to get me to take a deal. And I'm like, yeah, you told me a year and a half ago I did nothing wrong. And then once I called him out on it, he started back paddling. And at the end of the conversation, you know, he says, I've been working for the sheriff's office for something like 20, 30 years I have never seen somebody fight back against him this hard. And he actually said, I appreciate what you're doing because you're going to make life easier for the next person I yeah. think about doing this too. So it sucks for me, but, you know, that's one thing. That is probably the biggest takeaway from a positive aspect is I made them think twice before they do this to somebody else. Like maybe they'll actually get up off their desk chairs, do their jobs, right. and go do an investigation, what they're getting paid to do before they go out and try to ruin somebody's life. right? You know, because, I mean, that's how I feel. They tried to ruin my life. They didn't just want my job with... JSO, they were trying to strip my clearance, my military career, the whole nine yards. They were um, trying to make it to where I would have ended up probably, um, you know, been mopping toilets for the rest of my life. Right. You know, if they'd had their way. You know, it's it's sad, but I mean, and these are people I worked with. These are people who I went to work who I expected to watch my back and you know look out for me because right. you know, and because I always tried to look out for you know if I saw one of my officers was having a problem, one of my colleagues, I'd always tried to do whatever I could to help them. And I thought, you know, it's, it's sad. You know, you, you think that way, but you, you, you do for one, they don't do for you type thing. Right. It's really sad. You have to work in that kind of environment, but yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, coming out of it though. I mean, after this going on for eight years, it's just, it's just like unbelievable. I'm Yeah. The whole thing was over eight years. The, um, well, if you count the time of investigation, it was probably longer than that. Cause the, like I said, um, the investigation went on for four months prior to, this actually my false arrest happening and then we just literally resolved it within the last month the the lawsuit part so i mean it went on for a long time um you know like i said i'm just thank i'm, just, I'm thankful to god that um i had a, a good support system for the military uh, my family right my um friends people that you know um people i really found out who my friends were through that whole thing oh yeah uh, you know when i was um because you know like that old country song yeah, when you when find out, chips
1: are down yeah that's yeah, absolutely when you,
0: yeah when you uh, you find out who your friends really are when that happens and i did i had a lot of people that were um coming to my aid um you know try offering to help me you know let helping me um get odd jobs and stuff just stuff to do yeah. in the meantime so i could keep like i said keep the money coming in um But, yeah, it it was an unbelievable, stressful environment, you know, um, for not not only for me but for my ex-wife who I was married to at the time. Um, We just both were like we had no idea what was going to happen next. Um, It's just not something you ever expect to have to go into. Um, You know, like I said, when you go to work for a a sheriff's office and agree to work for them, and like I said, they knew I was in the reserves. And, unfortunately, like I said earlier, this was not the first time they had tried. I don't know what it is with that sheriff's office, but this was not the first time they had messed with me. Uh, from my military leave I had a a sergeant who was involved with this case who was involved in the whole setup um he actually was trying to keep me on probation for taking military leave which is strictly against federal law um that um that's why I ended up actually having to be moved down to the jail from the farm for a while because um um you know they were trying to get me to sign papers to basically relinquish the rights to my military leave so they could keep me on probation longer and I'm like you can't do this right (laughs) and um, but yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why, um, what the problem is there. Cause like I said, when I worked for Charleston County, I never had problems with my military leave. Never. Um, you know, and I, I had similar situations where I was in the guard, we get called up, we weren't actually at the armory, but we had orders and they're like, yeah, you're fine. You have orders. You're good. Take your time. We'll see you when you get back. But I do not know what the problem with this particular sheriff's department was. I don't know why they, um, did this to people and why they um went through so much trouble to try and screw someone over for just trying to serve their country
1: right well i mean it sounds like like hopefully it's fixed and sounds like that woman retired and i hope so you know but listen i i um unless you have something else i i appreciate you coming by
0: no i i appreciate you letting me being you know give me the opportunity because like i said this is this whole thing has been one-sided um as far as the story that's been put out right This is, you know, it's just such a relief. You have no idea. I'm, like, actually um, just very excited that I'm finally getting able to tell my side of the story, which is the truth of the matter, on a public forum. It's finally nice to actually get it out. And people, when they look up my name now, they're not just going to see those nasty headlines that I did this or did that. And they're going to know the truth. And, um, you know, there's verifiable proof of that now. So, hopefully, um, like I said, hopefully I made life better for the next person. It's been a real experience. And, you know... um, but it's it's made me um it's made me wiser in a lot of ways um it's made me really um i you know i made me question judgment a lot more with from people sometimes but i mean i try to take something positive away, away from every negative experience so um hopefully more good came out of it than bad in the end
1: hey i appreciate you guys watching the video if you like the video do me a favor and subscribe to the channel hit the bell so you get notified of videos just like this uh, leave a comment in the comment section. Uh, tell me if you uh, like the topic and if you'd like me see me do other videos like this. Also, um, I have a Patreon. I'm sure you saw the Patreon commercial during the uh, podcast. My Patreon is in the description. And uh, what else? I got an Etsy account for Cox Pop Art. So if you're interested in buying a painting or anything else... Mm-hmm. Check out Etsy, and I appreciate it, and thank you very much, and I will see you.